I'm Joe Ledoux. I'm the Associate Chair for Student Learning and Experience in BME at Georgia Tech. Today we have the privilege of talking about BME with our current chair, Ravi Bellamkanda. First, let's just go around the table and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Candace Chung. I'm a fourth-year biomedical engineering student at Georgia Tech. I'm Krishna Gupta. I'm also a fourth-year biomedical engineer here at Georgia Tech. I'm Ravi Bellamkanda, and I'm very honored and pleased to be here. So how did you get involved in BME? Do you really want the long story? So basically, uh, I grew up in India. And in India, you, in ninth grade, you have to decide uh, the track split off become, be, between becoming a doctor and an engineer. And um, I always wanted to be a doctor, actually. But my mother, who was a, sort of a biologist, told me, um, and, and she believed this to be true, that to be on the medicine track, you had to know how to draw because she had all these detailed records from her graduate work uh, in botany and things like this. And I cannot draw to save my life. <laughs> so, so I figured that wouldn't work out. So I picked the math track, which is the engineering track. And then I discovered when I was applying to colleges that there's such a thing as BME. And I was like, that's made for me. So I was very fortunate that a BME undergrad, that was the only university in India at that time uh, in 85 um, that offered BME as a major. And so that was made for me, and I've loved BME. It is made for me. <laughs> so I'm one of the few, I guess, BME faculty with uh, an undergrad in BME. So what advice would you give to current and um, upcoming BME undergrads? Well, <laughs> so I think, you know, it's, BME has come a long way, you know. Uh, in many, many ways, BME is the department in many schools of engineering today. It was not always the case where new things are happening. New things are happening in terms of interdisciplinary research. New things are happening in teaching. New things are happening in terms of how teaching is done, as you know, from our own department. So it's a very exciting time to be a BME, um, you know, as a student. My advice is that, you know, people will always, there will always be a set of people who will ask you and wonder if you're a real engineer. You know, and there'll always be some people who'll think you're a doctor, right? And that's that's just the way it is. Uh, in time, that will change. I think the most important advice I have for our students is to know that you have in BME the opportunity to accumulate a set of skills that are actually important and growing in importance with time. So time is on your side. It's uh, unlike some other fields, meaning that increasingly in the world, the ability to take diverse pieces of information, synthesize it, understand it in a complex system, and then solve problems when you don't have all the information is the skill set that's going to be prized more. And to do this in a quantitative way, to model all this stuff. By definition, I joke that biomedical engineers are one of the few engineers who work on, the system, on a system that they didn't design. Right? An airplane, we designed. A car, we designed. We know every nut, bolt, rivet in it. Right? So the human body, we, we don't know still. Lots of things. So you work on a system that you have incomplete information and you try to solve problems. That's where the world is going in the future. So you have to believe that this is true and I believe it is true. And if you can convey this to an employer, to a, a person you're interviewing with, uh, they will realize uh, that this is a very, very valuable skill set um, to have. So you're in an exciting field. The future and time is on your side. 
take make the best of your opportunity to learn as much as you can while you're in school and uh, and be confident in, in what you do. So you've, you've been very interested in trying to figure out what Georgia Tech undergraduates, what's the brand in, in essence, what makes a Georgia Tech BME special? Do you think we have a clear message on that yet? What, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> well, I, th- I think that, you know, typically when departments talk about this, they say, well, you know, what's, what courses, what core classes should all BMEs have, right? That's the conversation people typically have in answering this question. I actually think, and uh, with your help, Joe, that that is not the right question. That's not the right answer, nor is it the right question. I think the right question and answer has to do with, as I said, ability to solve problems uh, when you have incomplete information, ability to work in a team, and God knows you guys have enough experience (laughs) with that, whether you like the team or not. (laughs) Ability to communicate and give presentations, and, and you know you have lots of practice with that. Ability to design things, which you have lots of practice, again, starting from sophomore year onwards. Um, and, and, and so these skills um, and research and analytical skills, I think you already get uh, through, through your courseworks and as good and, and through the rigor. So I think these in some ways set you apart. And it's not my impressions of this. Um, so we have a board member on the, on the departmental advisory board from St. Jude, and she tells me, that the minute she interviews a Georgia Tech undergrad, and they have a lot of students at St. Jude actually from us, that she can tell us apart. She can tell you apart from other grads, from other programs on these things, uh, on being comfortable in the team, on, on being able to, you know, and also you work hard. I think <laughs> Georgia Tech <laughs> students work hard. You know, you don't, you know, there's no great inflation here, you know, so um, it's a little bit of a boot camp in that sense. But I think... These attributes, I would say, are, are unique. They're not as common as you would think. So as an undergraduate BME student, I don't think I see a lot of things that go that happen from the inside. So what is something that you've influenced or that you've seen change while being in BME? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak about the undergraduate program uh, mainly. Um, we have a very large program with a lot of students, as you know. And every day, if you look at the person in charge of the program, like Joe Ledoux is the associate chair, uh, prior to me becoming chair, we had a job where basically this person had to make the trains run on time, and there's always an exemption form to be signed or whatever. And also think about how are our students learning, what is their experience, and all this stuff. So one of the big decisions we made early of my becoming chair is to split those functions. So we have Essie, uh, who's a PhD from a very prestigious university, who runs the operations aspect of the program, uh, oversees the advising staff and all that stuff. But that frees the scholar that we know Joe Ledoux is <laughs> to think about how does learning happen? How does, what is the student experience? To do learning commons and these kinds of things. It was not possible previously for a program of our size to ask one person to do both aspects. That's one. Second, it's not just, maybe there is a person who would do both aspects, but by calling attention to this function of student experience and learning as a separate and important job in and of itself, we put emphasis on doing more of that. And so by setting up the structure to force this conversation about how do you do this, we've actually set in path, set in motion a a path to do more of that 
and invent things. And constantly you guys are doing more things um, and that'll continue. So we have a structure that is set up to do new things in learning and, and things, which is unusual. This is not a usual structure. So I think from the undergraduate perspective, that's very special. The one other thing which I wish BMEs were more involved in, but many of you are, is the CreateX initiative for student startups. And I had something to do with it getting off the ground and raising money for it and such. And the idea there is, if you have an idea in your head, you know, I tell, I have a teenager at home and I, I would like to tell our students and, and such that you can do anything you want in the world. But until you have some practice with imagining something and then making it real, I don't believe you actually believe yourself that you can do this. So I'd like to, our students to have the many opportunities to imagine something in their head and to see if they can make it real for themselves. You don't have to believe me. So you test the hypothesis. But if you sense that you can do this, that you've set some goal and you've achieved it, or you wanted to dream of some crazy thing and you made it happen, you thought of building something and you built it, that confidence is very, very special and carries over to other things. So to me, the CreateX initiative gives some opportunities in that space. And, and what we're doing with Learning Commons and Learning, I think uh, I, I take some small credit for, but because I didn't do a lot of the work, but uh, at least in, in, to set in motion. So um, one of the last questions we have for you is um, what Dr. Ledoux mentioned earlier is that you're leaving us, unfortunately. So what's next for you? Yeah, first I'll tell you that um, I love Georgia Tech and Emory and that I have very mixed feelings about, about leaving. And I'm not just saying that. I truly, I walk by the vertical building, I walk by a tree and I'm like, ah, I'm going to miss this place because I've been here a long time and I really, really love this place. Um, I think, and also I'll say that the opportunity I have at Duke would not have happened uh, but for the experiences I've had here, I've, I've grown up here a lot, you know, as a person, as a scientist and engineer, and also a, a, as a chair. Uh, so what, what I'd like to do at Duke is actually a little bit of the things that we do here already. Um, Duke is a very fine institution. Uh, I'd really like to spend some time thinking about what the freshman, sophomore experience should be mm -hmm. for all engineers, not just biomedical engineers. And the reason I am interested to be dean is not so much to be dean, but I think as dean, I need to be dean to run a kind of experiments that I'd like to run <laughs> college-wide. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't. I guess I'm being recorded, but you know, <laughs> but uh, don't tell them yet. But the, the purpose of being dean is not to be dean. The purpose of being dean in my book is because I'd like to run a set of experiments, and it's convenient for me to be dean to run those experiments. And the majority of those experiments have to do with student learning and experience. Mm -hmm. And there's also a diversity component I'd really, really like to explore about. Um, and as you may know, people talk about diversity a lot in this country. Um, and I strongly believe, you know, people say, well, there's a justice element to this. There's a, there's a fairness element to this. And indeed there is um, that we, we need to do diversity. We need to embrace it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, but there's also a different layer on diversity that is, as problems get more complex, and nowhere is it true in human medicine, as well as environment, as war and peace, these are complicated things. As problem gets more, as the problems get more complex, it truly is, 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 is evident from all the literature that we have that the richness of the initial solution set determines your success more than the quote-unquote quality of the team. So if I just take a superstar team, Versus a team that's not so superstar, but has an initial solution set to that problem that's richer, more diverse, 
then this team, the richer, diverse team, wins always over sheer ability, superstars academically or otherwise. Now, what do we mean by diversity? And how do you get this richer, more diverse solution set at T0 of the problem solving? You can get that multiple different ways. You can get that by having men and women, having electrical engineers and biomedical engineers or mechanical engineers. So there's much, there are many things that contribute to a diverse solution set. It's not all racial diversity or uh, gender diversity or ethnic diversity, but those things help in generating a diverse initial solution set. So anyway, so the long answer is, I'd like to run a few experiments in how students learn. I'd like to run a few experiments on how we create diverse, rich solution sets for our students um, and see if I can make a difference on those fronts. A lot of the motivation for doing this comes from my experience here, so I'm indebted to that, uh, but, um, and I'm sad to leave, but um, it is still in the South. <laughs> so, so somebody was joking to me that, Ravi, how is it, given the controversies in North Carolina recently, they're like, Ravi, you're going north a little bit, but going more south. Yeah. <laughs> At first that was funny, but then I thought, I thought you know, that's, that implies that south is actually not so good, which I actually object to, <laughs> given that my kid is born here and such. So, uh, but anyway, jokes aside, there's a journey ahead of me. I hope to learn and grow. Uh, but that journey was made possible because of this journey that I've been on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful. All right. Well, we, that's fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we usually finish off with this um, thing where we say, what is it that we can't let go of this week? How about you, Charisma? Probably don't want to let go of my last few days here at Georgia mm. Tech. That's really hurting me. Yes. Yeah. I feel your I'm pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> this I side of the table. I know, I know, Charisma. <laughs> I could not have said it better. I feel your pain. And that is absolutely, as I told you in the, in the, earlier in the conversation, I have a feeling that every day here is very precious. And, yeah. uh, uh, and I feel, um, the, feel the weight increasingly of that drawing close. So I will have an adjunct appointment here. Uh, maybe people will let me into the building later. But, <laughs> but, uh, I, I will. Uh, this is a very special place. I've, I've been on many campuses. I'm on advisory boards of many programs. And I truly believe this is to be true, that we have a very special department. Actually, I was going to say something else, but now listening to you two, I'm realizing that, first of all, Charisma has been my right-hand person in 2210 for a long time, so that's going to collapse like a house of cards <laughs> if I don't watch it. And then, of course, you've been incredibly supportive of the things I want to do, so I really appreciate that. So Thank you, it's going to be rough. <laughs> I'm leaving too. I know. That's another so thing I forgot. Another, you forgot your left My hand. Podcast, uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm toast. <laughs> but I'm very happy for all of you. Uh, I guess something that is making me happy. Oh no, you guys have something that's like that's sentimental. Okay. And, uh, it could be chocolate chip cookies. It's fine. Oh, I had a chocolate cake this morning for breakfast. <laughs> Is that what you can't let go of? <laughs> uh, well, it was very good. But this isn't so much for this week, but next week my mom is coming. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. We're very proud of both of you guys. You know. Thank you. And how's senior design going? Uh, <laughs> it's down. going. That's, that's a topic for another podcast, right? All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks a lot, Robin. Thank you, guys.